Chapter Twenty Seven of Finn the Wolfhound by Alec John Dawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Seven: Single Combat. Even while he hunted, the irritating thought of the creature who had barked defiantly at him remained with Lupus, and was not softened by the fact that he missed two kills and failed to find other game as a fact he was in no real need of killing for he had fed during the afternoon on the remains of the wallaby he had dragged up the hill early that morning this was probably why he missed two kills when empty it was rare indeed for him to miss and now with irritation added to the anger of his recollection of the wolfhound he happened by pure chance upon the warm trail of warrigal and the others who had accompanied finn that night this led him to the remains of the mother kangaroo where he disturbed some lesser creatures who were supping at their ease lupus had no mind to leave bones with good fresh meat on them and when he turned away again on finn's trail the unfamiliar scent of which raised the stiff bristles on his back till he looked like a hyena there was nothing much left for the ants or the flesh-eating rats and mice of the bush finn's home trail was still fresh and lupus followed it easily growling to himself as he noted its friendly proximity to the trails he knew well of blacktip and warrigal and the rest lupus told himself these dingoes needed a lesson and should have it he licked his chops then over a recollection of sundry whiffs and glimpses which had interested him of late in warrigal and as his nose dropped low over her trail on the near side of finn's it was borne in upon lupus that it would be well for him to have a mate and that warrigal would be a pleasing occupant of that post the stranger must be removed once and for all lupus growled low in his throat black tip and his friends must be cautioned severely and then warrigal should receive high honours high honours and great favour so lupus pieced the matter out in his mind while loping heavily along finn's trail while among the starveling trees near the mountain's foot black tip and his friends discussed the newcomer's prowess while in the den on the first spur finn lay dozing under the admiring eyes of his mate who did not greatly care for sleep at night regarded as a fighting animal the thing which really formed the keynote of lupus's character was the fact that he had never met a creature he could not overcome he had never tasted defeat unless conceivably in his younger days from old tasman it did not occur to him that any creature could face him in serious combat and survive before lupus touched the first loose stone of the trail leading up the hill to warrigal's den the people of the scrub below were all aware of his passage and black tip with seven other dingoes who did not happen to be away hunting were following up the same trail in fan-shaped formation and at a respectful distance behind the master of the range Halfway up the rugged side of the spur, his unbeaten insolence betrayed Lupus into what the wild folk considered an unsportsmanlike and stupid mistake. He paused for a moment and bellowed forth a threatening and peremptory announcement of his coming in the form of a hoarse, grating howl of challenge, which could have been heard a mile away then he proceeded on his upward way slowly because he was fully fed carelessly because he had never known defeat 
but with determination because he was bent upon ridding the range of one who had flung defiance at him across the gully and because the more he thought of it and recalled various small matters of recent experience and connected with the trail he then followed the more ardent became his desire to possess warrigal for a mate warrigal's friendly warning to finn was not needed in the same instant that lupus's hoarse cry fell upon his ears he was awake and alert and perfectly conscious as to the source of the cry he knew that it came from the great wolf dingo whose passage he had challenged in the dawning of that day he recognized the voice and read clearly enough the meaning of the cry he knew that this was a more considerable enemy than any he had faced as yet and there was time in the moment of his waking for regret to flash through his mind that the challenge should have come now while his whole body was scarred with unhealed wounds and his left thigh was stiff from the punishing slash of the kangaroo's mailed foot in the next moment he was outside the mouth of the den his deep fierce bark rending the silence of the night the eight dingoes who followed in lupus's trail heard the bark and glanced one at another in meaning comment thereon never was a leader of men or beasts more cordially hated than lupus there was not a dingo who could call his leadership into question even the young and daring members of the pack who pretended to scoff at the traditional awe in which tasman was held admitted the tyrannical mastership of lupus as something ever-present and unavoidable but that by no manner of means lessened their cordial hatred of the fierce half-breed with his massive neck and shoulders that fangs seemed powerless to hurt his jaws which were as swift as they were mighty to rend and his claws which were as terrible as those of an old kangaroo, and more deadly in action because he had four sets of them black tip experienced a generous sensation of sympathy and pity for finn and so did the two friends of his who had fed that night upon good fresh kangaroo flesh but they like all the others were keen to see the coming fight and to act accordingly the question of what was to become of warrigal had occurred with interest to each one of them for she was eminently desirable just then to all her kind fierce savage and justly feared though he was physically lupus was mentally a sluggish beast and not over and above intelligent in this he favoured his sire who was slow-moving sluggish and withal as fierce as any weasel and immensely powerful when lupus caught his first glimpse of the creature he had come to slay he had a momentary thrill of uneasiness but it was no more than momentary finn's towering form stood out clearly in the moonlight as he stood with tail curved upward and hackles erect on the stone ledge outside the den lupus was scaling an extremely steep section of the trail at the moment and seen against the skyline finn seemed monstrous but in justice one should say that lupus knew nothing of fear it was only that for a moment as he dragged his full-fed weight upward over the stones the thought passed through his dull mind that this was surely a strange sort of dingo and extraordinarily tall finn was as a matter of fact ten inches taller than any other dingo on that range except lupus and four inches taller than he 
lupus was half as heavy again as any other dingo on the range but though he knew it not finn was twenty pounds heavier than he but lupus always had killed every animal that he had met in combat and it did not for an instant occur to him that he might fail to kill this newcomer and then there was warrigal he got her scent now as she emerged crouching from the den he wanted warrigal for his mate and he would have her finn was standing in the middle of the flat ledge outside the den and he neither advanced or retreated a single step as lupus drew nearer he simply bayed at intervals like a minute gun and scratched a little at the sandy rock beneath him with his right forefoot once warrigal snarling savagely ranged up alongside him but he sent her back to the mouth of the den with a peremptory growl which admitted of no argument this is my affair his growl said stay you back there in the doorway and warrigal like the good spouse she was retreated to the mouth of the den just then lupus landed on the rock ledge with a hectoring snarl which betrayed extravagance in a commodity he could ill afford to waste breath he plunged forward upon finn with the clumsiness of a buffalo and for his instruction received a slashing bite across one shoulder and a chest thrust which sent him rolling backward off the ledge to the trail below on his back a dingo in finn's place would have leaped upon him then and it may be the fight would have ended suddenly for even so redoubtable a foe as lupus is of no very great account if he can be seized when on his back with all four feet in the air black tip and his companions in the rear drew in their breath sharply they had never before seen lupus on his back and if he had stayed there another second he would have had their fangs to reckon with but his reception by the stranger taught lupus something and the enemy that faced finn for the second assault was a far more deadly one than the lupus of a few moments earlier finn had scorned to pursue his fallen foe but it would have been better for him if he had had less pride the fan-shaped line of watching dingoes closed in a little as lupus remounted the rocky ledge with a blood-curdling snarl and an awe-inspiring exposure of his gleaming fangs in another instant the two were at grips and finn realized that he was engaged in a fight for life and a far more serious combat than any he had known before the mere weight of impact with the wolf dingo was sufficient to tell finn this and for the infinitesimal fraction of an instant he felt a sense of fatality and doom when his opponent's tremendously powerful jaws closed over the upper part of his right foreleg in the next instant finn had torn one of lupus's ears in half and the terrible grip on his leg was relaxed the wolfhound sprang completely over the wolf dingo and took a slashing bite at the creature's haunches as he descended then they rose one at the other like bears standing erect and meeting jaw to jaw in mid-air with a flashing and crashing of fangs which sent a thrill of excitement along the line of watching dingoes who realized now that they were looking on at the greatest spectacle of their lives lupus missed his grip that time but so did finn being unable to withstand the violent sidelong wrench which snatched the enemy's neck from his jaws 
and as they came to earth again lupus secured firm hold upon finn's leg in the same grip that he had obtained before the grip was so vice-like and punishing as to flash panic into finn's very soul such as an animal knows when trapped by a man's device in unyielding steel it was only by a violent twist of his neck that he could bring his jaws into action upon lupus at all but panic drove and the long immensely powerful neck was curved sufficiently his jaws took the wolf dingo at the back of the head and one of his lower canines actually penetrated lupus's lower jaw causing him the most excruciating pain so that he emitted a sound more like a hoarse scream than a growl and snatched his head back swiftly from so terrible a punishment that was the last time in this fight that finn's legs were in serious danger he had learned his lesson and from that point onward no matter what punishment his shoulders might receive his hanging jaws from which the blood dripped now effectually guarded his legs from this point too lupus seemed to have centred all his desires upon the wolfhound's throat an underhold was what he sought and in the pursuit of that he seemed prepared for and capable of standing any amount of punishment the line of watching dingoes was still and silent as a line of statuary it seemed they hardly drew breath so intent was their preoccupation warrigal too stuck closely to her position but she was not silent a low continuous snarl issued from her parted jaws and the updrawn line of her lips showed white and glistening in the moonlight she had been ordered to the rear by her mate but the waiting dingoes on the trail below realized that if finn were to be laid low there would still be fighting to be done on that ledge of rock and fighting of a deadly sort at that from which there would be no escaping in one sense the wolfhound's great height was against him now since it placed lupus in a more favourable position for securing the underhold upon which he was intent but as against that it gave finn readier access to the hold which in all his fights hitherto he had made fatal the hold which a terrier takes upon a rat but lupus was no rat and finn had already found more than once that even his mighty jaws were not powerful enough to give killing pressure through all the mass of harsh bristles and thick rolling skin and flesh which protected lupus's spinal cord at the neck three times during the later stages of the fight lupus managed to ward off attack with a lightning stroke of one forefoot the claws of which scored deep into finn's muzzle and neck in one case opening a lesser vein and sending the red blood rushing over his iron-gray coat it seemed the long claws of the wolf dingo were almost more deadly than his snapping jaws the flow of his own blood seemed to madden finn and he made a plunge for his enemy's neck lupus sat erect and like a boxer or a big bear warded off the plunge with a violent sweeping blow of his right paw there was a quick flash of bloody foam-flecked fangs and the deadly paw was crushed between finn's jaws the pain of the crushing drew a screeching howl from lupus and in that same instant a powerful upward twist of finn's neck threw him fairly on his back snarling despairingly 
one could not measure the fraction of time which elapsed between finn's release of the crushed foot and his seizure of the throat the deadly underhold the wolf dingo's bristles were thin there and the skin comparatively soft the fight was for life and it was the whole of the wolfhound's great strength that he put into his grip lupus's entire frame every inch of it writhed and twisted convulsively like the body of a huge cat in torment finn's fangs sank half an inch deeper the wolf dingo's claws tore impotently at space and his body squirmed almost into a ball finn's fangs sank half an inch deeper and hot blood gushed between them lupus's great body hunched itself into an almost erect position from the shoulder-blades he was standing on his shoulders then as in a convulsion one of his hind legs was lowered in order that it might saw upward scoring three deep furrows down the side of the wolfhound's neck finn's fangs met in the red centre of his enemy's throat there was a faint grunt a final spasm of muscular activity and then finn drew back and shook his dripping muzzle in the air the fierce lord of mount desolation had entered upon the long sleep his lordship was ended finn sank back upon his haunches gasping with a length of scarlet foam-streaked tongue dangling from one side of his jaws the watching line of dingoes advanced two paces warrigal stepping forward to her mate's side snarled warningly but finn pushed her gently with his lacerated muzzle and turning then to the watchful dingoes below he emitted a little whinnying sound which said plainly you are welcome here acting upon this black tip moved slowly deferentially forward and climbed the flat ledge of rock his bushy tail respectfully curled between his legs long and thoroughly he sniffed at the dead body of the terrible lupus and then he looked round at his still waiting companions and whined as he walked back toward them in twos and threes the dingoes followed black tip's lead and climbed the flat rock to sniff their dead tyrant and satisfied themselves that he had indeed entered upon the long sleep and the gesture in finn's direction with which they turned away from the rock was as near to being a salutation and obeisance as anything that mortal dingo has ever achieved and when the last of the band reinforced now by half a dozen others who had been hastily summoned from their hunting near by had paid his visit of inspection finn did a curious thing which probably no dingo would ever have done he moved slowly forward on his aching limbs gripped the dead body firmly by the neck and heaved it down from the flat rock to the trail below then he barked aloud a message which said plainly here's your old lord and tyrant take him away and leave me now black tip and a half dozen of his comrades seized upon the carcass of the tyrant and dragged it away down the trail i cannot say what was done with the remains of lupus the terrible son of tasman but finn and warrigal saw them no more and for three days after that night of the slaying of lupus the bush folk saw nothing of the wolfhound 
they saw warrigal hunt alone each evening and doubtless with thoughts of finn in their minds they respected her trail and sought no speech of her tempting though the sight of the mount desolation bell was to the young bucks of the pack these young bloods by the way began to mutter now of the desirability of banding together to beard old tasman in his den and rid themselves of the shadow and tradition of tyranny as well as its actuality but the counsel of the elder strongly favoured delay let us wait and see what the great one will do when he is healed of his wounds was what they thought and after their own fashion said to the ambitious youngsters end of chapter twenty seven